0: I want to introduce Clyde. Uh, Clyde spoke at Fix for the first time yesterday, but me and Clyde go back to 2008. Uh, I was employed uh, as an evangelist with the Assemblies of God in what was then the East Pennine region, which is the whole of Yorkshire and Lincolnshire, and that included Matisseor, which is the Bible college that's just been sold. And I went to that Bible college and I was, I was part of uh, basically trying to look at who were the evangelists who were coming through. And we got a group together, those who felt that they had that call of God in their life. And and, and Clyde was one of those... Uh, him and his wife with, was was there or you met around there and all of that uh, so I kind of hooked up with Clyde and he felt he was an evangelist and in those days I was doing lots of like weekend events so I'd do f- Friday, Saturday, Sunday or Thursday for like long, like long weekends, don't do that anymore, that model doesn't work for me these days but it did then and I, I invited Clyde to speak at several of those uh, he, he told his story and he also uh, preached at one I think in Wakefield uh, so I kind of, we had a connection but then obviously he leaves college I'm not I'm still an AOG evangelist but I'm not employed by the by them anymore it was just half of my time I used to give them the rest of us doing other stuff all over the country but since then I've kind of followed Clyde's journey and he's now leading a church in South Wales and I've known that church since its inception I was like literally there the first few days it was being birthed Uh, And it's been through one or two tough times in the earlier years, but then Clyde has come in in more recent years and taken it on. And man, the way that he's navigated that church is phenomenal. And actually during the whole of lockdown, Clyde has been open, like we've been open when the restrictions have allowed us to, and he's followed all the restrictions. And I've spoke there a couple of times during lockdown. And I said, we need to get you fixed. The time's right, mate, for you to come to fix. So obviously he was my obvious guy to keep on. Uh, for the next day, because that's tradition, isn't it? Let's keep somebody on to speak. So come on, Clyde. Respect, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Barry. Well, good morning,
1: everyone. It's great to be with you, and thanks, Barry. We had a phenomenal day yesterday. How many of you were at Fix yesterday? Give us a wave. Should we give everyone a round of applause? I want to speak to you this morning about Grace. Grace is an amazing truth of the Bible. And I want to speak to you about three things. I want to speak to you about how we're found by grace, we're changed by grace, and we're completed by grace. I want to tell you, 18 years ago, my life looked very different to what it does now. In fact, if you'd have told my family that one day I would stand on a stage and preach to some lovely, very dark faces in this light in Bolton, she would have thought you were crazy. You see, there was a time when I was 16 years old where my mom tried to share the truth of the Bible with me and I threw a Bible across the room in her face. Because at that point in my life, I hadn't yet been found by grace. Actually, I was lost. I was broken. At five years old, I remember my mom who went through severe depression She went through severe ups and downs, mood swings, and more than that, she was in and out of psych wards a lot during my childhood. I remember at 3 a.m. coming down the stairs as a little boy, being led by my mom to her setting a tea party up in the living room and not understanding what was going on. Other than that, I had a very normal childhood. I don't know where you are this morning, I don't know what's going on in your world or what has happened or what might have happened or what did happen, but I'm here to tell you this morning about a grace that can find you no matter where you are. You see, when I threw that Bible across the room at my mother who was trying to share the truth of God that had helped her in her life, I didn't understand that grace was actually chasing me down. You see, this morning, I want to tell you no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God's... God's grace will never ever let you down a couple of years after that I found myself in a town called Bournemouth Boscombe and my life had really hit a massive massive pit I would describe it that I was a drug addict I was addicted to crack and heroin I'd had to leave my hometown I'd basically cut off from everyone I knew promised myself that I wouldn't continue down the line that I did But the moment I hit Bournemouth was the moment I found dealers, and life was just the same. Because you can change the outside, but the inside, unless you get touched by this thing called grace, will stay exactly the same. And it was in Bournemouth that I was on a park bench one day. And I tell you this story to show you that no matter what has happened and no matter what has been spoken over you, God's grace is right there. And right there on that park bench at 5.30 or 6 a.m., there was a gentleman who was on his way to work and I'd crashed out on a park bench. I had nowhere to stay. Life had become so unmanageable. I was stealing and feed, to cheat, cheating to feed my habit every single day. Life had become such a mess. And I saw this guy walking past, and all I remember is that he had a briefcase and a suit. He looked so normal And I felt so worthless, trapped, and abnormal. It was almost like I'd checked out of life. You know, back then I used to think I was healthy because I had a yogurt drink in the morning. (laughs) That was the sum total of my diet. Yogurt drink every day and a Snickers, and that was just about enough. When I I was checked into prison, they weighed me and I was nine and a half stone. I'm six foot two. My life had become messy. The Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That morning when I was on the park bench in Bournemouth, Boscombe, and I lay there on that park bench and I saw this gentleman, these are the words that he spoke out of his mouth, scum like you should die and leave this town. The words that echoed over my life in that moment were words of destruction, words of brokenness. I don't know what's been spoken over you. Maybe your story is very different to mine. I'm sure it is. But I know this. You have a story just like me. You have somewhere that you need to be found just like me. And although it may be very different, I want to tell you the same grace that was around me on that park bench is the same grace that is around you in the Bridge Church Bolton today. You see, right there on that park bench, I didn't know it, but I do now, and I'm glad I do. The very same grace that Paul wrote about in the book of Romans when he said that God shows his love for us in that we were still sin- when we were still sinners, Christ died for us, was at work in my life, but I just hadn't activated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few days later after that unfortunate event on the park bench in Bournemouth, I was on the same park bench. And I heard the sound in the distance of a band, a brass band. Now I knew straight away that brass bands and Salvation Army go together. Because when I was a kid, my mom used to take me to the Salvation Army. So I knew a little bit about brass bands and Salvation Army and all that. And this officer came over to me and I'm so glad he did. And what I just want to say to you, you know, when you see people that are not like you, when you go about your life and you see people who are broken and bruised and battered by life and you don't think you could possibly communicate with them, I want to ask this morning that you would have the courage to be like this Salvation Army officer who walked over to that park bench that day and put his hand on my shoulder and said, what can I do for you? Can I get you somewhere to stay? In a, within a couple of days, I was housed, I was fed, And I knew that God cared about me, but life got worse. How many of you know that sometimes life gets worse before it gets better? But as your board says over there, everyone's welcome. This is the most beautiful thing about grace. Basically, when we talk about being found by grace, what we're talking about is this principle of everyone is welcome. And how many of you know that in the family of God, everyone is welcome, no matter what they've been through, no matter what warts or or challenges or words have been spoken over them, because God showed us in sending Christ while we were still sinners while we were still lying on that park bench, bruised and battered, addicted to crack and heroin, while you were still in that abusive situation, where you were still going through the pain and the trauma of losing that job, where you were still tied and in bondage to some sort of habitual behavior, where you were broken down by maybe a broken relationship or a family situation that you wish had never happened, I want to tell you God's grace didn't change in that time. God's grace was still able to find you. And God still loved you in that time. A couple of weeks after that, I ended up going back to prison for the second time. And it was in that prison that my mom got in touch with the chaplain. I hadn't spoken to my mom. I didn't speak to her because she called and left a message that a friend had committed suicide. How many of you know that the grace of God so often works in the most crazy and unrealistic ways? You just think, well, how did all this make sense? At the time, it doesn't. But when you look back over your life, you can see the fingerprint of God at every moment touching your story so that you can be included in his story. You see, that's what history is. It's his story. And God wants you to include you in his story this morning. And he does that by finding you by his grace. He doesn't find you by your works. He doesn't find you by what you've been through. He finds you by his powerful grace. You can be saved through faith not of works, lest anyone should boast. It is the gift of God. I'm so grateful, friends, that God gave me the gift of grace. I don't deserve it. I'll be honest with you. Every single day, I feel like, how on earth is this happening in my life? Anyone else just joyful that you're saved this morning? Anyone just excited about God and His purposes and His kingdom? You know, I think so often in church life, we walk around with our heads down and we're like, you know, we're just kind of getting through. Listen, we're not getting through. We're the most victorious people on planet Earth. God has done exceedingly abundant, amazing things for your life. And it's so good when we reflect on God's grace because everyone is welcome. That chaplain came to my cell that day. And for those of you that have never been in a prison, he opened the little hatch on the door, he pulled the hatch down, he looked through the prison door on that day, and he said, Thomas, they call you by your surname in prison. And uh, he said, I need to have a word with you. Keys went in the door, opened the door, walked out, and we sat on a step like this, but it was that green, snotty, concrete <laughs> color that you get on the prison wing. All the noise of the wing in the background. And we sat there, just a broken young man next to a prison chaplain. And that same grace that that Salvation Army officer had when he reached out his hand and he got me a house and he got me a place to stay. And even though life got worse after that, that same grace touched me again as he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I've got some news for you. Your friend has committed suicide. In a moment of time, that news impacted me so deeply. I don't know if you've had any bad news I know that a lot of us have been watching bad news every day on the TV screens over the last 18 months, seeing death figures, seeing this figure and that figure, everything, bad news, bad news, media portraying this, that, and the other. Well, I've got good news for you this morning. Everyone's welcome, and God's grace is still at work. He gave me that day a Gideon's Bible. I went back into my cell, and I thought, why would I ever read that? Same book that I threw at my mom a few years ago. Surely that's just a history book. What's that got to do with my life? But actually, this is a life-changing book. This contains truth that can change every part of your story and include you in his story. I went back to my cell and day by day I began to read it. And one day, the invitation of grace touched my heart. I want the invitation of grace to touch your heart as well today too. Because he's here to welcome you, because everyone is welcome you can be found by grace it was on one summer's day august the 9th 2003 that i sat there on the edge of my prison cell bed and i read the words of psalm 40. i waited patiently for the lord he came to me he lifted me out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and he put a new song in my mouth. Even praise to our God. Many will see, fear, and trust in the Lord. And in that moment, all as I knew is this. Someone wrote this. I'm quite a simple thinker. Someone wrote this and they were in a horrible pit. I'm in a horrible pit. Someone wrote this and they're stuck in clay. I've been stuck for years. I'm broken, I'm battered, and I don't know how to get free. Anyone in the house don't know how to get free this morning? This word's for you. You can leave here free. And I just said this. God, if you can do it for this man, and it said David, Psalm of David at the top. If you can do it for David, will you do it for me? And in that moment, the love of God flowed into that prison cell. And I want to say, if God can reach me in a prison cell, he can definitely reach you in the Bridge Church Bolton. Love of God flowed into that cell, and for the first time in so many years, I knew that I was welcome in the presence of God. I knew that God wasn't distant. God wasn't far away. God was close. He was personal. He was right there with me in that prison cell. When everyone else had forsaken me and I felt trapped, God was there, and I want to say to you this morning, no matter what you're going through, church, God is here. He is here to heal. He is here to save. He is here to deliver. He can set you free. He can release you. He can empower you. He can change you and give you peace in your heart and life because he's still a God who is the same yesterday today and forever you can be found by his grace but you know what we're not only found by his grace we're changed by his grace as well in your tagline it says nobody's perfect you know what I interpret that as you need to be changed by God's grace we need to be transformed listen to what the bible says for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all, everyone say all. All. For all people, not some people, not people like you, not people just like me, all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. In other words, the grace that found you is now going to transform you. The grace that found you, you see, if it was the other way round, it would be about you changing to become acceptable to God. But you know what the most amazing thing about grace is? Grace finds you right where you are, but then grace is too powerful to leave you right where you are. It transforms you from the inside out. It changes you. The grace of God is a force. The grace of God isn't just something that we kind of rely on in the bad times and, oh, it's there for us because we're these awful bad people. No, grace makes us like Christ. Grace transforms us from the inside out. It makes us brand new. And God gave me such a revelation about this because in those first five years of my life where I'd been so damaged, not purposefully, not intentionally, my mom and dad were awesome people, but I didn't realize at the time that the abandonment and the situations that I went through because of my mom's mental health actually left me so damaged. And all the time while I was living out of that addiction, I was just a lost little boy who needed help and hope. And you know what God said to me? He said this, he said, I'm gonna give you those first five years back. And this is amazing because in the first five years, your brain grows to 90% of its capacity. From the moment you're in your mommy's tummy to the age of five, 90% of everything that will form and shape the person of you, who you become is formed in the brain. Scientists have proven this now. And you know what grace does? Grace brings this incredible experience called being born again, and God says no matter what your parents did, no matter how good or bad they were, you're not going to be at a disadvantage because of your background. I am giving you your first five years back. You can be born again. You can be made brand new. You can be transformed. Aren't you glad that God is patient with you? I'm so glad that God didn't want me to be the finished article on day one. I'm so glad that God is patient when I make mistakes. I'm so glad that God is okay with me not being perfect, yet has declared me perfect, even though I'm so far from that. The Word of God says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Anyone thankful for God's patience? thankful that God doesn't just zap us out thankful that God even in our mess even in our brokenness even in the situations that we go through this morning he says I'm here to give you another chance I'm here to lift you I'm here because I want you to be a precious possession for my glory you can be found by grace this morning you can be changed by grace this morning ask my wife she'll tell you she's thankful that God's grace is changing me there was so much that needed to change in me. So much mess, so much brokenness. And you know, I love your building. I think this is a beautiful church building. It's incredible testament to the grace of God, this facility. But I was sharing yesterday, and I wanna use this analogy of backstage and front stage. You know, we come in here this morning and it looks incredible, right? But what you didn't see necessarily Is the mess it was in last night (laughs) what you didn't see is all that wiring backstage that goes on you know all the stuff that's hidden behind the screen because you don't want to see that on the stage that needs to be kept backstage you know all the boxes of like crazy stuff that you just don't know where to put it so you stick it up in your attic you hide it away you know what we do in life we have little compartments like that and you know what God says God says, that's okay, but I'm going to start to unpack that stuff. I'm going to bring it from the backstage, and I'm going to help you to unpack it, and I'm going to help you to put it right, because I don't want the front stage to look this good, but then the backstage should be messed up. I wanna take what's in the backstage and I wanna help you by my grace to process it. And it's a lifetime journey. And while you process it, I'm still gonna show you the front stage. I'm still gonna show you just how good you are because you are perfect in Christ. You are found in Christ. You are forgiven by Christ. You are precious to Christ. You are loved by Christ. And nothing will ever change that. No amount of rubbish, no amount of mess, no amount of backstage craziness will change that. I'm gonna keep, I wanna keep your heart and mind fixed on who you are. You are a little Christ. Does that make sense? You are literally the image of God has been formed on your life. And you know, that's what grace does. It keeps our attention on who we are becoming, on who we are in him. Isn't it great that we've been saved? You know why God does that? You know why it's so important that we had 136 first uh, decisions yesterday, some first times, some, re- some new decisions and, and you know, re- recommitments? You know why it's so important? Because everyone needs a date. Everyone needs a moment. Everyone needs a moment that they can look back to and say, that was the day when Jesus changed my life. That was the day when he declared me righteous and perfect, even though nobody is perfect. That was the day. And I hang on to that day in my life because when the devil tries to mess me up, when my flesh does mess me up, and when I cause all kinds of craziness, I look back to that day and I thank God for his grace that found me on that park bench, that touched me on the shoulder, and that reached me as I read the word of God. And I say, God, your grace is so amazing. You see me as I will be, not as I am. Found by grace, changed by grace, but lastly... Completed by grace. Anything's possible, right? How is it possible that someone in that level of mess that I've described to you today can not only stand before you here today, that is possible, but one day will stand in the presence of God for all eternity and will not be slung down, but actually will receive a crown. How is it possible that someone who was so broken and messed up, how is it possible that someone that could go through what you've been through in the last years of your life could one day be given a crown by Jesus, could one day be welcomed home into the presence of God? How is that possible? Well, it's only possible by grace. You see, the the song Amazing Grace has this lovely line in it, doesn't it? Grace will welcome me home grace will welcome me home. You see, the same grace that's at work when I was on that park bench is the same grace that causes me to be transformed every day as I trust in Jesus is the same grace that one day will open the door of heaven and say, Clyde, it's time to come in. It's time to come into your full reward. Friends, this morning, I want to say to you, That 2,000 years ago on a cross, Jesus Christ came into this world. He lived a perfect life, a life that you and I could never live because he knew that nobody was perfect. The only one that ever was perfect was this man, Jesus. And Jesus did the most incredible things when he walked the earth. He touched lepers and healed them. He brought Lazarus out of the tomb. He raised the dead. But nothing was more amazing Then when he hung on that cross, bled and died in your place and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They put him in a tomb and he rose from the dead three days later. They said, where's his body? They didn't know, but the women did. They came back testifying. They came back shouting and screaming. He's alive. He's raised from the dead. You know what God was doing in that moment? He was opening the way through grace. You see, grace is God's vehicle, God's riches, God's riches at Christ's expense God's riches at Christ's expense I swapped a crack cocaine and heroin addiction a messed up and broken existence for an invitation that will one day welcome me home put sandals on my feet put a new robe on me and give me a crown of life I don't know what you're trusting in this morning I don't know where you're at But I want to ask us all to stand in this room right now and I want to give you an opportunity to get right with this man called Jesus, to put your life right with him, to receive this same grace that has transformed me on the inside into your heart and life as well. And I want to do this in two ways. First of all, maybe there's someone or maybe there's a few and like me, you're in that park bench moment. You're in that moment where you don't know the grace of God, but you just know that somehow you got here this morning, you were brought here, you were dragged here, you were invited here. You don't even know why you're here. Well, God did. I didn't know why I'd ended up on that park bench, but God did. And maybe God's grace wants to touch you and reach you for the first time this morning. Second group of people are those who are in that middle bit. And you're in the struggle. You're You're in the bit of your faith where it's like, man, I just need this grace to come through to me. I need, to, I need to be transformed. I need it to outwork. I need to, I need to change. And I want to say to you, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Stop trying to work it out. Stop trying to make it happen. Lay that down. It's not by works. It's by his amazing gift of grace. So I'm going to pray for us this morning. And I want to, I want to invite you to pray with me this morning. And then I'm going to invite you to respond. And no matter where you are, Your story may be so different to mine, but it's the same grace that can touch your life this morning. You can pray this prayer with me. Let's all pray it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross in my place. Thank you for grace that finds me, for grace that changes me, and for grace that completes me. This morning, I ask you for more grace. I ask that you'd make me aware of your grace and that you'd help me to live a life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name.